0: The Conservative
1: Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here bright and early on Monday, December 11th. So much going on. My gosh, I don't even know where to start other than to say we're going to have to have more than two podcasts this week because there is just too much going on on spending, on taxes, on guns. Now there's a terrorist attack. Uh, Preliminary info shows that that this was a 27-year-old Bangladeshi immigrant that attempted to detonate himself as a suicide bomber uh, near a subway in Manhattan. And, you know, I've been warning about this. Uh, We've had 178,000 green cards given to Bangladeshi Nationals since 2001. We're going to talk a lot about that. I'm going to have a piece coming out. But I want to talk about something else today, and it actually does tie in, uh, because You know, with everyone feeling this sense of disquiet now that we have a federal government that doesn't protect American sovereignty and security, you want to always make sure you're carrying a firearm wherever you can go. Unfortunately, states like New York, you can't carry a firearm. The one piece of good news that many of you probably saw in the headlines this past week, the one thing that, you know, at least it appeared that we got – Was a reciprocity bill, a bill that would allow you to carry across state lines for states to recognize the permits, the concealed carry permits from out of state, just like they recognize driver's licenses. Hey, it's pretty good, right? No. As we noted before, as conservatives, given the dynamic of this two-party system, which is really a one-party system, we cannot have nice things. And I wanted to bring on a special guest today that who, who is actually joining us from a parking lot in an airport because he's trying to get back to Washington. The head of the Second Amendment caucus in the House of Representatives, Representative Thomas Massey from Northern Kentucky, a real champion for our values, but particularly on the Second Amendment, to discuss the subterfuge, the games that both GOP leadership and very sadly the NRA played with this reciprocity bill that we're really going to wind up getting a gun control bill not a pro-gun bill unless we raise our voices and in order to raise our voices we must have knowledge and to inform us on what's going on it's my pleasure to bring to the conservative conscience representative thomas massey hey thomas how you doing today
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Daniel. It's a, it's an odd day in Washington, D.C., when uh, the NRA is siding with Dianne Feinstein and Chuck Schumer to try and get gun control legislation passed. And uh, I'm, I'm on the side of the veterans. I've drawn some friendly fire from the NRA, but the other gun groups are on my side, the National Association for Gun Rights and, and Gun Owners of America. And the reason I drew this friendly fire what I'm calling it, is because I, I blew the whistle. Um, last week, I saw a bill moving at the speed of light. They literally passed it out of committee within hours of introducing it to the House of Representatives, and uh, that's, that's unheard of. There wasn't even an HR number. You couldn't go online to find the bill when they were marking it up and passing it through committee. It's a bill that doubles down on our broken background check system. And that's and here's what really concerns me and why I say I'm on the side of the veteran. if you If you look back, um, Obama before he left, he instituted a policy at the Veterans administration and the Social Security Administration, whereby, if a bureaucrat decides that you are unable to manage your own finances, he said, go ahead and put those names into the NICS background check uh, database as people who aren't allowed to own a gun or even ammunition. Because if they can't manage their own finances, they must be too crazy to own a gun. And um, we fixed that problem at the Social Security Administration in January or February using the Congressional Review Act. Uh, It only requires a simple majority in the House and the Senate to undo a ruling, an administrative rule, and and a signature of the president it requires. If that rule happened within a certain period of time, with the Veterans Administration... That rule had already been in place too long, and we were not able to use the Congressional Review Act to fix that problem that Obama created, his his de facto gun ban on on disabled veterans, who, frankly, these are the people that, you know, they wielded a gun to protect our rights, and now they're disabled, and now they're being unfairly, uh, you know, targeted as people who can't exercise their Second Amendment rights. So, anyway. We weren't able to fix that with the Congressional Review Act. It's still a problem, and now there's this bill called fix Nix that doubles down on that problem. And they tried to cloak it with the reciprocity bill. They combined the two bills. That's the problem we have. And, it, and it, I was trying to blow the whistle on it. We had 10 brave Republicans to vote against the rule that combined those two bills together. In, in the face of a threat from the NRA to downgrade their A or A-plus they still voted on the side of the veterans and against this Feinstein Schumer language that was that was linked up with the reciprocity bill.
1: So that that that's a great background. And just to walk this back for a moment here, just so our listeners know, I'm, I'm going to link to in our show notes my article "Concealed Carry Reciprocity, Not So Fast," where it's it's a very long article because you really need to see the details. But you know, when you hear "oh, a reciprocity bill passed, right to carry across state lines." So originally when this came out of committee, the good bill, HR thirty eight, mm-hmm. this was the reciprocity bill supported by, you know, everyone from NRA to gun owners of America, um, really every Republican, I said to my staff, I said here at Conservative Review, eh, don't worry, it's never gonna see the light of day on the on the House floor because, you know, like a lot of good immigration bills that passed out of judiciary committee Uh, we just can't have nice things and this bill has been there for three years when republicans control both houses and everyone's been clamoring for it and there's never been a push to bring it to the floor suddenly i was wrong it came to the floor it's like wow okay i guess they're passing good a good bill for once then you you tipped us off to the fact that wait a minute they within three hours they passed a parallel bill, this fixed nix bill, as you noted, to to pressure bureaucrats to put more names even under existing categories, but these categories are already problematic. We need to roll back their authority. Instead they're expanding it. And then they sewed it together with this rule you're talking about to put on the reciprocity bill, but they're still messaging this as just a reciprocity bill. Could you explain to our listeners yeah. why this demonstrates that we're gonna wind up getting only the bad bill in the end, only the gun control provision that will aggravate the existing problems with the, you know, throwing people who don't belong on the Knicks uh, system into it, but we won't get reciprocity.
0: Yeah, you're not even going to get a lump of coal for Christmas <laughs> with this with this combined bill. And let me tell you in the House, I can tell you this from behind the scenes, that a lot of my Republican colleagues who voted for H.R. 38, ultimately on the floor, did not know because they were not told that by our leadership or by the whip team who works for the leadership, that this fixed nix bill was already sunk inside of it, that it had been integrated into the reciprocity bill. So they voted for a bill, and, and I, I forgive them for not knowing, because our leadership is pretty tricky this way. They voted for a bill without realizing that fixed mix was in it. Wow. Now, to your point, uh, uh, a lot of people say, oh, this is a strategy. This is a really smart strategy. What this does is it makes the bill more palatable to the Democrats in in the Senate. Now, some people think they added fixed nicks so they could get to 218 in the House, but that's a that's, uh, uh, poppycock because they already passed this six I'm sorry, they already passed the reciprocity bill on its own in 2011 before I came to Congress. After the Tea Party wave and they got sworn in, they went ahead and passed reciprocity. And this reciprocity bill had 213 co-sponsors. So you didn't Ooh, wait a add a minute.
1: To, Thomas I I I don't mean to yeah. interrupt you here but I, you you just tipped me off to something very important I think our listeners need to know. Isn't it interesting that they only seem to pass stuff when they know it won't go anywhere? So they passed it when they had the house right. only, but since 2015, it's been 3 years since they had the house and Senate, 1 year since they had all 3 and they haven't moved it and then are only moving it once they have the fix nicks as a ruse to get members to pass fix nicks without
0: reciprocity just just like obamacare how many times did we vote to repeal it when it <laughs> when it was never going anywhere okay <laughs> and now that it's real and you've got a president in the white house they won't vote to repeal obamacare it's the same thing with reciprocity they passed a clean reciprocity when they when harry reid was in charge of the senate and they knew it was going nowhere Okay, so let's let's go back to what could possibly be the reason to add gun control into the reciprocity bill. And th- some people, the most credible theory is, oh, this will help it pass in the Senate. Here's the problem with that theory. And, and,
1: and, and Thomas, I actually thought that at first, which is why I didn't swing at this. But, but yeah.
0: th- th- tell everyone well,
1: why that's wrong.
0: It's wrong because the sponsors of Fix next in the Senate, the Republican sponsor, Senator Cornyn, and the Democrat, the prime Democrat uh, co-sponsor, who's uh, Chris Murphy. Now, remember, this has also got Feinstein and Schumer on this bill in the Senate. But the two prime uh, sponsors of this bill, Republican and Democrat, have, of the Fix nix bill, not the reciprocity bill, the Fix nix bill, have said in the Senate, we're not going to attach reciprocity. We're just going to pass Fix nix which is the bill that, by the way, we haven't said this yet, it throws $790 million to the states to to uh, double down on the broken system at the state level. Okay, In addition to threatening to take away bonuses at the VA, uh, if they don't diligently turn in all of these names that they, they have quote-unquote adjudicated at the VA. Now, isn't this ironic, too? We, we can't take bonuses away at the VA if they fail to give veterans uh, the health care they need. <laughs> yet we're going to take their bonuses away if they fail to turn veterans into the mix of background database and keep them from buying a, a firearm. At,
1: okay. at, at a time when we already universally agreed, the NRA agreed, they sent a letter supporting legislation to fix this, but it hasn't passed the Senate yet. Um, and there's no promise to pass it that they're throwing names indiscriminately on it, and now you threaten their bonuses and then you give a carrot to states, gee, are they going to err on well, the side of quote-unquote caution, or are they not going to put names? Of course they're going to put in as many names as they can.
0: And so here's what's going to happen in the Senate. Okay, they're going to pass six nicks without reciprocity. And then in the House we've got reciprocity with six nicks rolled into it. Now, the gun, the gun, the pro-Second Amendment... Uh, House of Representatives members, they've already given up the high ground if they voted for the combined package because they've already indicated that, they, that they're they willing to accept this gun control package. Now, what will happen is uh, w- one of two things will happen. Either fix nicks from the Senate, the Senate fix nicks bill will come back to the House for an up or down vote and they'll And they will try to pass that on a voice vote, because nobody, no Republican wants to go on record for gun control, particularly when the majority of the votes are going to come from Democrats, and there'll just be a few Republicans. So they'll bring that fixed-nix bill back to the House, or they could do something else. They could conference that Senate fixed-nix bill with the House reciprocity fixed-nix bill, and then out of that conference will come just pure fixed-nix, and then they can bring that to the House. Now, don't get me wrong. They will. They are not uh, going to do this without some cover. They will wait for the next crisis. They'll yeah. wait for the next shooting where the next uh, where the NICS system failed, and then they will. And then that's when they'll come back. And by the way, in the instances where the NICS system failed to stop a, a purchaser of a firearm who later committed an atrocity, let's say for instance in Texas, okay. All of the cases we have were actually adjudicated by a court, not not a bureaucrat. All of the cases where the NIC system failed. So if you wanted to double down on the places where the NIC system is broken, instead of telling the VA, we're going to take all your bonuses away if you don't turn in veterans because a bureaucrat ruled them incapable of administering their uh, own funds, why don't you go to the court and say, We're going to take away your funds or go to the states and say we're going to take away your funds if your courts fail to turn in names of people who have been constitutionally adjudicated or go to the Air Force and say we're going to take away your funds if your military court doesn't turn them in.
1: Exactly, and this is the problem. The case in Sutherland Springs, Texas, the guy was kicked out of the military for being violent to his wife. That was a case of violence. The, you know, they failed. This has nothing to do with indiscriminately saying, oh, we're going to cast a wide net and throw in you know, veterans um, that that are deemed financially incapable. This is nonsense. And rather than directly targeting the problem, we double down an existing problem. The NRA agrees is a problem. Um, here, here's my question. If we have a bill here that's sewn together now. You know, obviously, you guys tried to warn people and say, hey, let's separate it out. But now that it's together, shouldn't we all be on the same side? Shouldn't the NRA be saying, all right, the, we will commit to urging the House to blow up any bill that comes back that doesn't also have reciprocity? I mean, shouldn't
0: it be that simple? Well, that's a promise that they're making, but not in writing. Uh, And and the problem with them uh, promising to blow up the fixed-nix bill is they've already sent out glowing reviews of the fixed-nix bill. And um, and they support it. Wait wait a minute.
1: So you're telling me this is important. See, it's not just that the NRA is saying, look, I don't like this, but the fixed-nix, maybe it's not that much worse than current law, that this will help get reciprocity. Now, as we noted, it's – it won't because Democrats to begin with, they will never pass reciprocity out of the Senate. They just won't. You'll have to blow up the filibuster, limit the filibuster. They feel no pressure. Republicans don't pressure them. But certainly if you say up front that Republicans badly want the fixed next bill, love it, like it as a standalone, think it's good, think it bails them out of their political problems with the shootings rather than putting the Democrats on defense about the shootings and people feeling unsafe and the need to carry, which they certainly don't message that way. So if you're a Democrat, they say, "All right, we want fixed nicks." Well, you gave it away for free, <laughs> so certainly, yeah. why why are they going to ever have to deal on reciprocity? So, if you're telling me the NRA themselves like this bill, so they'll yeah. say this well, is they, consensus. You're,
0: you're, uh, okay, so there's three different gun groups out there, uh, and they all have three, they have three different positions. You you described the position of one of the gun groups. So the NRA likes. Reciprocity and they like fixed nicks on its own. Okay, they they extolled the merits of it. Okay, now the uh, gun owners of America they like reciprocity, but they hate fixed nicks. But they said, you know what, this may be a decent strategy, and so we're going to support the bill, uh, the reciprocity bill, even though it's got fixed nicks in it. And then the third gun group, National Association of Gun Rights. They say fix Nix is bad, reciprocity is bad. And when you put fix-nicks into reciprocity, that, that makes reciprocity not worth voting for because it's a bad strategy, and you're going to end up with gun control. Here's, a, here's an interesting thought that just occurred to me this morning when I was talking to uh, a gun rights advocate. You know, we fixed this problem at the Social Security Administration using the Congressional Review Act but we weren't able to fix it at the Veterans Administration using the Congressional Review Act because the time window had closed. You've only got a certain number of days to address uh, administrative rules with the Congressional Review Act. Um, But what we did do is we passed a bill in the House, H.R. 1181, that says there's problems with what the VA is doing, and they need to be fixed. Okay, Every Republican voted for that. But I've got Republicans coming to me. They must have short memories saying, no, this isn't a problem at the VA. You're imagining this. This isn't going on. And, and uh, when I get to D.C. this evening, I'm going to ask them. don't you even remember the bill you voted for that died in the Senate that was to fix this problem at the VA? How can you say the problem's not going on and then vote for a bill to fix the problem?
1: Exactly. What what you're talking about is H.R. 1181. It passed by every Republican, I believe, in the, in the House of Representatives. The NRA enthusiastically supported. And, and, you know, obviously in this piece, we go through just the subterfuge of the NRA. I've been writing about the NRA uh, scandals for about six, seven years now, back in 2010 when they supported 55 Democrats. Their shtick is that – you know, it's kind of like having a thousand batting average on the first that bat of baseball season. You know, they'll have one pro-gun bill over five years and everyone will get a 100 percent on it. They say you get an A plus, even though, ironically, the reason we have so few good gun votes, even though it's officially a consensus Republican issue, even when they have control of all Congress, is because they scuttle good legislation. They're not supporting, you know, your... um. You know, uh, overturning the federal ban on on uh, you know school zones, anti gun school yep. zones, and things like that. They won't support it. It's kind of like what our listeners are familiar. I spoke about APAC doing this. They're viewed as pro Israel, but they take their clout as pro Israel and they go and fight against cutting off aid to the PLO and things like that, and push for the stupid two state solution. But people don't even realize it. And then, I mean, if you're if you're a pro gun conservative, and ironically they're Blocking your bills, you have a garbage bill they support. They say they're going to score against you if you don't support it. And that really, that really hurts. So, one of the things yeah. I wanted to get your comment on is this In 2008, they passed a Nix Improvement Act, which was the very impetus for the Obama rule that, you know, against veterans that everyone universally on the right and even some privacy groups or the ACLU on the left said it was very problematic. The NRA at the time didn't just praise the bill and support it. They supported the provision. They championed it. They said this is a good thing that it prevents people from getting guns who, quote, lack the capacity to manage his own affairs. Then, like the... Arsonist being the firefighter in uh, it, 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 earlier this year, when you had that very bill to countermand this, they're like, yeah, this is a problem. they got to throw people off that, that, you know, they just say can uh, take care of their finances. And then they support a new bill that incentivizes this behavior. And they say, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. You're lying. You're making things up.
0: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm taking friendly fire uh, from the NRA, and I don't want to return fire. But people can confirm what you just said uh, if they just go to the NRA, ILA website and look at the press releases from 2007, 2008. It passed in 2007 and on a voice vote. It was introduced by Carolyn McCarthy, uh, one of the most anti-gun members of the House represented, and a slew of (laughs) anti-gun Democrats uh, passed the House vote on a voice with Pelosi uh, presiding. Then it, it went over. To the Senate, it passed on a voice, but the NRA claimed to have converted it into pro-gun measure instead of anti-gun measure. Comes back to the House, passes on a voice. By the way, if I had been there, I would would have been camped out on the floor demanding a recorded vote. But I wasn't there in 2007. Then in 2008, with with the imprimatur of the NRA, uh, Bush signed the bill, you know, because, oh, this must be a pro-gun bill. That bill, the Next Improvement Amendments Act of 2007, which became law in 2008, and then Obama becomes president, uh, sworn in 2009, it metastasized into the Social Security gun ban, into the Veterans Administration gun ban. In fact, go look at the Federal Register. The name of the Social Security gun ban is Implementation of the uh, NICS Improvement Amendments Act of 2007. That's literally the name of Obama's Social Security gun ban that he did that's still uh, in existence at the VA. And, and And through the whole process, in the beginning... It was supported by the NRA-ILA. I only point this out. no, No, I'm not returning fire. I only point this out because sometimes your friends can be wrong. And they were wrong in 2007, 2008, and they're wrong now, and they're using all the same talking points.
1: And I think what's very important, Thomas, is that, again, that was an example of you had a Republican administration, and then a year later, a Democrat came into office and really zealously used that statute. A similar thing. Imagine if you, you know, it's bad enough if we would pass this at all, but imagine if you'd have a, a Democrat run uh, Department of Justice where you're downright. Yeah. Using a carrot and stick to put more names on it under the existing categories, not new ones. You know, the NRA. Uh, you know, they're saying, Oh, I'm, I'm lying. You're lying. We're making stuff up. We're making up arguments um, that are, that aren't in the bill." They're they're the ones making a straw man argument to present our side. We're not saying that it expands new categories. The existing categories are problematic in the eyes of the NRA as well. At least after they flip flopped on it. Um And. and and Absolutely. this is a problem.
0: And and think about this. Now, I, I've met Jeff Sessions, and I know he's great on this issue. He's great. Uh, attorney General Sessions is great on, on firearms and guns. Um, but, you know, th- don't forget we had Eric Holder as as an attorney general. And and don't forget, the pendulum can swing the other way. And that is really the – I've talked to Senator Mike Lee about this fixed-nix bill. One of his main concerns is the – is the broad discretion that's given to the Office of Attorney General. Not the broad discretion that's given to uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, but the Office of Attorney General. If you get another Attorney General, they can do more of the, the things like they did of banning at the VA. Give them discretion to allow the state's flexibility. If the Attorney General approves it, it's, it's really problematic in that regard.
1: No, and it's funny you mention that because there's a provision of the bill that instructs the attorney general to determine whether the states are appropriately submitting data. I mean, if, if you write that into a statute, you can only imagine the regulation that a Democrat administration will promulgate based on that. And we don't – and again, the beauty is we don't need to speculate. Oh, maybe this will happen. Maybe that will happen. This is what – is already happening that the nra and others have already said is a problem um you know, real quickly, I know you You, you got to literally catch an air, airplane back so you could fight for us Uh, in D.C. Hopefully the TSA, hopefully
0: the TSA won't be paying me. <laughs> you know, it's funny.
1: Actually, Thomas, it's funny you mention that because this is the same thing as TSA. It's the same thing with everything they do on everything. They indiscriminately cast a wide net. Um. You know, I, I, I'll i never forget there's this parody video of, um, you know, old ladies being stopped by the TSA and then these Islamists, like, carrying a bomb through, you know. Um. <laughs> and 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 that's what it is you know we'll we'll let in you know 150,000 every year from the middle east through our front door have a back door our southern border open no visa tracking you know for 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 right. for uh immigrants that you have the right to track you're only here conditionally but yet americans were monitor put their names on and everything's completely backwards so uh it just completely completely insane i wanted to get to one point um you know, again, and, and this is true of National Right to Life. Unfortunately, a lot of single issue groups, like the NRA, it, it's too much about projecting their power. And then when their issue comes to Furue, uh, you know, why aren't we defunding Planned Parenthood? Well, National Right to Life back down because they don't want to lose the score. They don't want to lose their record, so they they just don't do much. Um, you know, gun owners of America, they'll get involved in amnesty legislation. They'll score against it because they say you bring in an anti-gun majority. They understand the broader picture. What bothers me is guns is one of the few issues that almost every Republican officially, officially says they're with us. Why is it that you – I know you have a lot of legislation as the head of the Second Amendment Caucus yeah. you've been pushing. Could you talk about some of the other pro-gun ideas you have, and where has yeah. the NRA been in pushing them?
0: Well, I introduced uh, an amendment to the appropriations process. You see, Washington, D.C. Is, is goes through the appropriations process. It's a federal city. I introduced an amendment to defund all of their gun control. They have four major gun control laws and my amendment would defund every single one of them. This was a few years ago uh, when John Boehner, believe it or not, he was uh, he allowed a more open process than Paul Ryan. <laughs> we were allowed to offer amendments to yes, I as remember long that. as they were as long as they were germane to the bill. Guess what? My bill it passed on a voice vote to defund all of Washington DC's gun control. I stood up and demanded a recorded vote. And people are like, what's he doing? And and I thought at the time, well, my amendment may fail but, you know, on a recorded vote, but I knew they were trying to hide from having a recorded vote, which is what you need if you're going to expose the pro-gun and anti-gun uh, members of Congress. Well, on the recorded vote, every Republican except for four voted uh, with me, and then uh, 20 Democrats voted with me. To defund every gun law in Washington, D.C. And um, if my amendment had prevailed in the Senate, well, Obama probably wouldn't have signed it, but he would have shut down D.C. by not funding it. So it was an interesting uh, tactic that I used. But nobody came to support me on that amendment. uh, You know, in terms – I think maybe the National Association for Gun Rights put out a notice, but other than that, there wasn't support. Uh, we've got uh, Jeff Duncan has a great bill to take uh, suppressors. Uh, in Hollywood, they call them silencers, off of the uh, National Firearms uh, Registry. And I think that's a great bill. We should bring that one up. Oh, and they were going to uh,
1: bring it up, but then scuttled it, right?
0: Yeah, you know, you're going to add something bad to it, and then all it's going sort to of pass is the bad part. But that's <laughs> not a reason for not trying to bring it up. And that's why I started the Second Amendment Caucus. Because in five years, I noticed there wasn't any (laughs)
1: pro-gun legislation. Well, anyway, folks, that was Representative Thomas Massey, a real stalwart. I mean, this is a guy that is a true representative who uh, follows the social compact and really cares about his people. He is awesome. I mean, he is easily in my top three people in in Washington, very possibly my top one, Um, just brave as anything. The guy just doesn't care. Um, I don't think you guys even appreciate how hard it is to do what he's doing. Because the, try explaining, and you guys are very informed and very smart, but 99% of conservatives, not people, just even conservatives, how do you explain to them the NRA and, and the games they play? Of course, on a state level and the culture, they've done a lot of good things over the years. I'm saying on a federal government relations, their their GR team is horrible, their strategy is horrible, Um, and there's a lot of games they play there and this is the problem this is why we can't have nice things even on a universal issue every republican i mean 99% of them say they're pro gun but then they won't do anything with it i'm pro life oh but i can't even defund planned parenthood after the videos come out nothing they won't do anything they will not and they'll block any effort to do anything um you know th- this is this is a huge problem Tax cuts, we said. That was the one thing every Republican was for, guns and tax cuts. Well, they're screwing up the tax cuts too now. And that's why they're so unpopular. We have a lot going on here. I have a lot more I want to get to. I'm going to have to kind of put out a solo podcast, but I wanted you guys to hear from Thomas Massey. Let, let me know if you want me to do this more often to have some of the members on, although the truth is there aren't really too many good ones and certainly ones that would talk to me. But um, Massey is certainly one of those stalwarts. So anyway, we're going to have a lot more this week lot more issues, you know, immigration. That's another one. Everyone agrees the diversity visa lottery needs to go. Where is the clamor? No, there's a clamor for amnesty. With guns, there's a clamor. Oh, my gosh, there's shootings. There's shootings. We're taking on fire. Um, therefore, we need to allow the Democrats to pass whatever they want and put it under our name. And we could tell the voters that we care. And really, it's the opposite. Gun control never works, as we see. What you need to do is ensure that all law-abiding citizens have the guns. Much like, you know, the NSA and TSA, they get everything wrong. They don't protect us. Oh, let's, add, let's let everyone from the Middle East in the country and then infringe upon the rights of Americans. That will keep us safe. Lots more going on. CRTV, CR is your one-stop shop. And very soon, we, we hope to welcome a new audience from Westwood One. But we'll keep you abreast to those details. Till next time, this has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience.